Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm not dizzy today, thank God for that, right? That was weird. Last week I got dizzy and I, uh, I thought, oh no. Like, what am I going to do now? If this continued, I was going to have to just sit down and then what? And then someone would have to jump up and start preaching. Can you imagine that? So, but thank God that did not happen. And uh, we have a little bit different today. We're going to mix things up a little bit because we've had a, a very heartbreaking thing happen this week. And, and as most of you know, uh, you know, Ann Dancero went to be with Jesus uh, on Monday. And so I just really felt, I really believed that we needed to spend some time talking about it. And I want to give you an opportunity maybe to share something about it too. Some of you that are, that, uh, excuse me, are new here. Uh, Anne was one of our uh, people been coming here for like 16 years. And uh, she was 59. And so we're, we're kind of hurting. It's when, when one of your family members, something happens to one of your family members. Now, I think, I think what made it so difficult was the shock, the suddenness of it. I got the phone call. Dave called me uh, Monday morning, and, and when I heard the news, I was just in complete shock because there was no way to prepare. There was no way to prepare for that, right? I mean, there is, and part, part of what we're going to talk about is the big picture of being prepared for stuff that happens in life, and death is a part of life. But, you know, there's no way to say, you know, you know, we've had we've had plenty of folks uh, through the years that that were ill. And, you know, over a period of time, you knew they were getting sicker and, and you knew what was kind of coming. And that was extremely hard to deal with. But but something like this, when all of a sudden, you know, she was basically there last Sunday at the door. Right. She was greeting at the door. She'd had surgery a couple of weeks before that. So she had a chair, and Alex gave her a chair just, just to make it like, I got a chair, you know, make it a little bit easier, you know, for her. But uh, she, she was, she got to say hello to everyone. And, and when, when I was thinking about that, she kind of got to say goodbye to everyone in a different sort of way. You know, she'd had surgery and I had surgery and, and I'm kind of wandering back and forth because I, uh, you know, I like to go see the kids in their worship and sing a song with them uh, when I'm not involved in worship and, and, I, and I enjoy doing that. So I'm going back and forth a couple of times and, and, and talking to her. And, uh, you know, she, you know, I said, how are you doing? You know, because she just had surgery. And she says, no, how are you doing? You know, we go back and forth like, like that. And I said, you know, I said, we're both here. We're both here. And I, I don't know that I meant like here being alive. I think it meant just we're both here in the building. But I think there's something about that. You know, we're here. At the moment, we're here. We're here, here in this building, but we're also, we're here on this planet. We're alive. So I gave her a hug. And she said to me, she said, I love you. And she said, I love this place. She was saying stuff like that a lot, though. She, she would be encouraging like that to me. And so I have nicknamed her... K-Love Ann. <laughs> you know, that's just who she was, right? She was, she was positive. She had, she had plenty of stuff in her life that was painful, believe me. But she was positive, she was loving, and you know, she'd always say things like that to people, I love you. And she would encourage people. She was giving out, you know, 
this, this, was, this was effectively her last day on this planet. And she was giving out. That's an example, if you ask me. So my, my question is, you know, how, how is our church going to function without that immense, quiet, gentle love that she gave? Because that's, that's, that's how I think of her. You know, this thing about things that matter, I shared about that a few weeks back, and I can't, I can't kind of get away from that. And, you know, faith. She's here. She's, she has this faith in God. You know, family and, and friends, you know, she's part of the family. She's a friend as well. The fellowship, she was like involved. She, she stepped up, but, but she had a future, right? And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit too. She had a future and the future is heaven. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that's where she is. She's present with Jesus. So, you know, I want to talk, you know, in a few minutes, I want to give an opportunity now for anybody to share something uh, uh, that maybe she said to you. Because I keep hearing that she said, oh, she said that to me, too. She said such and such to me, too. And uh, I think for us to, to share together in this thing is important. I really do. Some of you didn't know her that well. I think uh, one more thing I want to say about, you know, uh, and then Dave's going to come up and, and, and get us started. But uh, we are an interesting church. Okay? Some of you know that. That's why you're here, because you maybe don't fit into the typical church, you know, or whatever. I'm not saying we're weird or anything like that. Well, some of you are a little, yeah. But, but you know, I think that this is a place people can come who've been hurt, who've, who've had difficulties. And, and uh, you know, when Dave and Ann first came, uh, you know, 16 years ago, they were pretty beat up. But they came and, and you know, for, for, you know, that's why I kind of, I couldn't believe it was 16 years because for the first few years it was like, are you guys really here? Like, I see you here almost every Sunday, but are you really here? Because they were kind of holding back, right, and, and tentative. And I, I know that story from many people that have come here like just, I don't know. I'm not sure if I can trust anybody anymore. So, but sure enough, pretty soon, you know, she was involved. She was involved in the nursery, taking care of those babies back there, right? Get, but, but, but not only that, getting to know the other gals and people she worked with in there and, and helping out in the kitchen downstairs, and we'll, we'll talk about that later. So, Dave, why don't you come up and... and uh, Get this out of the way so we don't have a cable to stand on. Let me uh, get you so you can stand on the ground here. That's why it's a little bit easier. That's fine. Okay. Well, church, I, I wrote this out so I could stay on track. Um, of course, most of you know that Anne went to be with the Lord this past Monday. Um, and what happened was she died from a massive brain bleed. And thankfully, there was absolutely no pain at any point. Um, you haven't turned it up. And I know she's with our Lord and Savior and the redeemed that are there in heaven. Uh, Anne loved it here at Calvary, and she, and she knew she was loved. Um, Anne and I would pray daily, Lord, make us a blessing. And I know she was. Um, 
Her biggest prayer as of late was that our children, who all know the Lord, would return to serve him. And we're still praying for that. And uh, thank you, Pastor Rich and Paula, for, uh, for being with me and my family uh, last Monday. Um, yeah, you were there for us. You guys were there for us. And, and thank you, church family, for your prayers and support. Um, our God it truly is an awesome God. Amen. He is. Oh, and the last thing. Uh, the cats we have at home keep looking for the gal who would give them treats. <laughs> so, anyway. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. I'm going to just open it up now if you want to come. Uh, please, uh, please don't be shy. The reason we want to use the mic is so that the people in the nursery and that and people who couldn't be here today can hear what you have to say as well. So... I know some of you just want to stand where you are and be shy, but it's okay. We're family here, right? Good morning. I've been thinking about what I could say about Ann, and I didn't know, I, I only got to know Ann and Dave recently more but I didn't know them, I don't know them deeply, I didn't know her deeply, but um, she had an impact on me, and I think that um, positive and encouraging, those were two really good words to say about Anne, because she just always was interested in our lives. She would ask always about the things in, in my life that she knew about, and I have a 15-year-old daughter and a lot of you know her, Malia, and she had mentioned to me, she isn't here today, but she had mentioned to me several times, she's so nice. She always asks me how I'm doing. She always asks me about school. And, and you know, so we've had many conversations about growing up and, and, and in, your, um, in your personalities, who do you want to be like? Or, or who, you know, what are, what, what, what are characteristics? And my brother told me a long time ago, look at the people that you admire and pick those positive things and, and you can take some of those on for yourself. And so as she continues to grow and we have those conversations more, I'm gonna re say remember Anne. Mm -hmm. Remember how she took an interest and how important that is. Just a few passing words on a Sunday mm. ha had made a difference. Mm. And so I didn't know Anne deeply. We didn't have to know Anne deeply, but we can know that she deeply cared. And we will really miss her. I met Anne when I first came here, and um, I was very sad, <laughs> and I was I was really searching, and she gave me the biggest hug, <laughs> mm. and she prayed with me, and I told her I needed help with my son, <laughs> and she she said you're gonna get it, <laughs> and I felt so welcome here <laughs> by everyone. And I've, I've come ever since, and this is the best family I've ever had. Mm -hmm. And I love you all. Mm -hmm. I do miss her. Mm -hmm. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Mm. I'm Charlene. Um, my husband and I have only been here at Calvary since October-ish, around, I think it was October we started coming. But, so we're like the new kids on the block here. But um, we met David and Ann Dancero in 1979. And we went to church together, and then um, we had just been newly saved. And Bruce came home from work one day, and he says, there's this other guy at work, and he's a Christian. And it was Dave. 
And then we started um, going to church with them. And um, Ann and I bonded pretty quickly. Um, for one thing, we were both having babies together. So there's a bond, you know, that happens there. Um, then two years later, we had more babies together, too. <laughs> so um, I loved Ann like, like a sister. A sister in the Lord, yes, but like a sister. We had a kind of a lot of things in common growing up, too. And um, then eventually, well, you know, the, the kids were still little, little, and then they started going to school. And then Ann and I were involved in the school together. And um, all this week, I, I have thought of probably a million memories of all the things we ever did with the dance rows. In fact, when, um, when I spoke with my daughter right after we found out that Anne had passed, she said, oh, mom, she said, I have nothing but the best memories of the fun times we had with the dance rows, starting from birth for Leah. And um, she was just a good, good friend should be with, with you in all trials, tribulations, fun times. But, um, but I thought of something the other day. Anne was, was, and still was very recently, a reader. I mean, she read everything. Um, she just gave me a book about maybe a month and a half ago. She gave me a book. But, um, she would read to her kids. She read like the Chronicles of Narnia. She, she would read to the kids every single night. But then she and I got involved with the Anne of Green Gables series. And one night, we were like addicted to Anne of Green Gables books. So one night, it was about quarter of 10, and my phone rings, and it's Anne. She said, oh, Charlene, I just finished book four and I don't have book five. Do you have it? And I said, yeah, I do. She said, oh, I need it. I said, <laughs> I said okay. I said, I've got it. I'll bring it over. Now, they had lived in East Providence, but then when they moved to Warwick, it was, it was a lot easier to be with them more. But I'm getting my, I got a jacket. I got my purse. I got the book. My husband says, where are you going? He says, it's quarter of 10. I said, Ann needs book five. And he said, well, what do you mean she needs? I said, she needs book five. She just finished four. She needs five tonight. She needs it now. And he said, all right, go ahead. He says, well, I don't get you to. I don't get you to. But it was, she was just a blessing to my life for the last 38 years. And I know I'm going to miss her. And I know I have a, like a million other stories and funny things and fun times that we had. But I just, I agree with Val. I want to be like Ian. I want to be like Ian. And I just um, love David and the kids. And we're praying for you. You know that. And it's just been a blessing to know her. Thank you, Charlene. Hi, my name is Lynn. You need to speak in the mic. Sorry. Please. My name is Lynn, and I've known Ian many, many years, different church we went to. But the one thing about Ian, she cared about people's souls. Well, where was your relationship with the Lord? She. And that's what she cared about. Her children, her grandchildren, her family, friends. We would talk about politics. We would talk about the world, the things in the, uh, going on in the world. And she cared about their soul. Where is your relationship with the Lord? And I have to say, Anne encouraged me to get back to church. 
You know, mm. it like Pastor Chapman said, we were a shipwreck. <laughs> and I left my church I was in, and she just kept encouraging me, go somewhere, go somewhere. And I just said, well, I know Dave and Anna here, and I came. Mm. And I <laughs> was with her last Sunday, sitting right beside her. And the last things we were talking about was the new Bible I picked up. And she said, it just makes you want to keep reading. <laughs> but wow. I took her home. And I'm happy for Ian, but it's so sad for all of us. Dave, I love you. Thank you, Lynn. Dave was saying, uh, whoever's next, come on up. Dave was saying on the uh, Monday, you know, that she, she kept him in line spiritually, too. Remember that, Dave? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you praying, Dave? Are you reading your Bible, Dave? <laughs> Ian. Sorry. Um, Ian had the fruit of the spirits. And I just want to read to you what the fruit of the spirits are because when I think of Ian, this is what I, I asked the Lord to help me to be like Ian because she really did. In Galatians 5, chapter 22, I mean, verse 22, sorry. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the, those were her qualities because the Lord was with her always and it filled her with, the Holy Spirit was always with her. She was my, you know, the Lord. The Lord's with us, goes before us and behind us and always just with you. And she was my, my little sister's male person. So she got to see my sister and, you know, her kids all the time. And, you know, I know that she would, I, we talked about, you know, family stuff. And she would, she told me that she'd pray for my family when she'd go by and mail, deliver the mail. And, you know, she just had an impact on everyone. She really was a blessing to everyone. After I lost my grandma, I was here. And, you know, we go through trials. We're, we're in ship, ship chips and you know tossed and turned and I came in and I was pretty destroyed and she saw it and she just held me and prayed over me and I'll never forget that prayer because it was just the sweetest thing she really did love everyone and gosh Dave we love you too and we're with you we're praying for you because we know that she's there and it gives me excitement to think that someday I'm going to be with her again in heaven and and be in her be in the presence of, you know, the Lord and also to have, you know, now I have another friend there waiting. <laughs> so we're only, you know, I, this is just a pilgrimage. This is a very short time here on the Lord, you know, on the earth. And then we're going to be with the Lord for eternity. And gosh, it hit me. It was just like when I lost my sister because I was with my sister. We had dinner. I was hugging her and just having a really great time with her and she was gone within hours it was the same type of thing i i got to hang out with her and talk with her and hug her and just and it was it, it we love you guys we love you all and mm. you guys are a family to us and mm. we hope that we're a blessing to all of you as well god bless thank you morning. I got to know Ian probably really well the last couple of years. Uh, back in Sunday school, um, we all pray together before we start in the morning. And we would pray about the kids and we would pray about Sunday school. And then sometimes some of us had some issues going on. We would pray about those as well. And Ian was gentle and she was loving and she had a quiet spirit, um, yet at work, now and then she had a little difficulty. And this one particular day that she asked for prayer, Paula was back there and I was back there. She was starting to tell us what was going on at work. And what was happening was there was a new supervisor who was trying to make his mark, you know, in the post office. 
And so he decided to follow Anne around and make sure that she was doing everything properly and according to what the work standards were. And she wasn't. There are a few things that she had done wrong. And so she was stressed about it. And so she asked us to pray about it. But what was funny is in how she was describing it, you know, and me looking at her like, you're this perfect little woman and you're getting in trouble at work. I'm like, wow. And there's a guy following you around. I'm like, wow. And you're driving out of the driveway the wrong way. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so, so we were laughing, we were crying, we were praying. And, and it was really fabulous. Um, she was so real and um, normal, like the rest of us. And on a more serious note, um, I got to pray with her quite a few times during this illness in the beginning, you know, when she had the mass and we didn't know if it was cancerous and there was so much to think about and, and even where to go, where to get the best medical care. And in that discussion, we got to discuss that we need to fight for life because God has given us life and we need to fight for it and need to, to get the best care we can get. Yet, we discussed also going home to be with Jesus. And really, that's the better place to be. As, as hard ed, as it is for us to lose those people we love, to be separated from them. And you know, in a Christian marriage between a husband and wife, you know there's that, that three, threefold cord. There's the husband, there's the wife, and there's Jesus. And when part of that cord has been ripped away, it's devastating. And I, I wanna say, Dave, to you, you right now are living my nightmare, and my heart for you and all of our hearts for you um, are broken because I know that you had that, that Christian marriage, and I know that you both walked with the Lord and surrendered and submitted to him in every aspect of your marriage. And so for you, it's a deep loss. And so our hearts ache for you, and we're praying for you, and we love you. And... Um, I'm so thankful to have gotten to know her, to know her funny side, to know her serious side, to know her spiritual side. Her faith was deep. She had no fear in this illness. She really did not. She had no fear. She had no fear because of her faith in Jesus, and that was strong. And I pray that we all have faith like that. So. Okay, we just have a few minutes left, so be brief. My name's Dave. Uh, yesterday, I gave my testimony about uh, Ann and uh, to the men at to the men at the men's breakfast, and uh, the same sort of thing that Rich said. It was like uh, I came into the door, and uh, I just had hip surgery about two weeks ago, and the first thing she says says to me, "How you doing?" I says, "Forget about me." I says, "How are you doing?" You you just had some some major surgery well that's who she was she was always thinking about you and me and ann served the same week at the door and uh, every time that she would be greeting and everybody being done at the church i'd look over and she'd be singing she'd be singing like everybody would be worshiping it never stopped and uh, i just uh, she gave me encouragement because uh, uh, my mother had just died uh, early, early in June, and, and she was there. She was there for me. And uh, Dave, thank you for your friendship each and every week at the door, man. man I know we, we talk a lot and we have good things. Uh, thank you for keeping me on the constant road going towards, towards uh, being a Christian. I, I never knew Anne too well, but every week I'd just see her sitting in the nursery in the back before everything started, and she'd read her Bible and her books and diligently, and every every week she'd, she'd be in there. She'd come with Dave, because he's the bass player up here. She'd be here early, and she'd be reading her Bible. And with Dave, the, the guy who was just up here, I used, I'm, I'm shadowing to become an usher later, and every week she'd just be 
greeting everyone with a smile. I, I don't have any memories of her not smiling. And uh, she'd always shush us because me and Dave, we'd, we'd have these conversations about <laughs> politics or, or whatever. And then she goes, shh, they're praying. And then she closed the doors and, you know, it's just, she was very normal, like, like Miss Annie said. Huh. Now she's in heaven. Yeah. Mm. Thanks, Gabe. You've got Larry and then Paula, and then I'm going to have to cut you all off. Um, the one thing I really want to say is it was always Dave and Ann. You know, Dave and Ann this, Dave and Ann that. Dave, I really, as much as we are hurting, and of course you're her husband, but also you're Dave of Dave and Ann. And so that's got to be devastating for you. So uh, we've been praying for you this week. Um, and I remember uh, uh, not too many weeks before, we had a little get-together at our beach house. And um, the guys were talking. And usually I'm just with the guys. But uh, there, for some odd reason, I was distant. And, and Anne was sitting. So I sat next to Anne and had a nice talk with Ann and that was really special so close to the time when she's gone you know and I uh, I just uh, I, I miss her a lot okay thanks mm. thanks Larry go ahead dear <laughs> he's, you guys hugged all the time no he's giving me the evil eye but I just have two things I want to say um, you know we were driving Obviously, it's been a kind of week of remembering. You know, I've known Anne since she looked like that and when she looked like that and in between. I've known her a long time. She um, was, in many ways, at times, like a second mom to my kids. And when they were in school, she got them through some tough times. But when Anne, you know, anyways, when we were driving along in the car the other day, I was just kind of thinking and looking and I saw this landscape crew and they were designing this area that they were going to landscape and just you know walking around with the plants trying to figure out where they were going to put them and all that and it just kind of hit my hit me that you know it's kind of like God you know he kind of plants us where he wants us for the purposes that he has intended for us in that time and in that place and you know, when Anne came to us, she came shipwrecked, like she was saying. She came to this church shipwrecked and barely hanging on to her faith. She was a mess. And I knew her before that, but I knew what got her there, and we kind of walked through that together. But as I was thinking about that, you know, we talk, we talk about all who Anne was, how she had come to this place, and she was bearing all this fruit, and people's lives, but when she came here, she was an utter mess, just destroyed. And I want you guys to understand that the fruit that you've seen in Anne's life and the way that she's touched your life is because you touched her life. Because you touched her life, Anne was could walk in healing and wholeness. She found love and acceptance here. It didn't matter what she had been through. It didn't matter. She was never judged. She was never criticized for anything. And she had been through so much of that. And, but she found an acceptance and a love here and a support here that she really needed to heal. She was very, very wounded. And I would remind her of who she was oftentimes. I would say, no, no, you know you have that gift. No, no, hang on, hang on. But she just needed to heal here. And you guys were part of that. And so you need to understand that, you know, we talk about how she touched each one of us in that way and in that time. At, every Sunday when she would, we would see her, what she would say. But we all do that for each other. And we've all... Um, we were kind of given a blessing because she could come on that Sunday and she did say so many things to people that I've heard about that aren't being shared right now, but so many things that she said to people who were, that were encouraging. And she said to me that day on Sunday, 
you know, we were talking and she said something about me doing something for her and I was just kind of blew it off and she said, but no, you don't get it. In the smallest little ways, you've been a blessing in my life and you've helped me. You don't even know what they are. And it just really encouraged me because we have to understand we, we're all part of the bigger picture. We're all um, part of each other. We're all a part of each other. And when we lose somebody, we realize it, but we're all part of each other. And so, you know, we just should carry on as we have been and touching lives and touching hearts and helping each other to heal and being honest and open with each other. Um, I just want to share one more quick thing. I'm not going to look at him because he's going to give me the evil eye. But when we were in the hospital, we were there, and I just think this is important. Um, someone else kind of came later, and um, we were just making the decision about pulling the respirator and all, and so the decision had made, and we were walking out of the room, and they were in the process of doing that. And this person said to me, well, shouldn't we be, like, laying on hands and doing all that stuff, you know, like, anointing with oil and all that? And I said, well, we already did. We already done that. We've been doing that. It's been done. And she said, well, then it just didn't work then. And it kind of, like, hit me really hard. Like, just, like, I felt it, like, inside of me. And in that moment, just, like, as clear as day, voice said in my head, but it did work. But it did work. And God had his way, and God has his plan. And he is with us in it even now. Because God heard that prayer, and he answered it. I know that as sure as I'm standing here. So... Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, want you to open it with me to Psalm 90, please. My job is to bring the word to bear on really what we're what we've been talking about here and in the scripture that that uh, that God uses in our lives in so many, many ways. I'll, I'm going to quote some of them to you, and uh, but I want you to turn there. We'll get there in a minute. Uh, but, you know, it's a paradox, isn't it? We're, we, we can be happy and we can be sad at the very same time, right? Uh, we are so happy that she is in heaven. She's with Jesus. I, you know, there's nothing uh, better than that. And is home. You know, I had Chris end on that song, Home, because that's, that's what we look forward to. That's our future. That's our hope. And so Anne is home. She's in her final home. And, and so, you know, that's a cause to be happy. But at the same time, we're sad. Why? Because we're still here. And we miss her. And, and death is a type of separation. Really, it is. So... You know, we, we've got these, all these different things, you know, and, and, and is it okay to feel happy and sad? Yes, it is. And, and some of the things that I, you know, that I, that I think about this is that it's okay. It's okay to feel differently at different times. It's okay to feel jealous. I wish I could be the one. You know, and, and really, it, it, it really gives us a lot of questions here, doesn't it? Uh, you know, when these kinds of things happen, there's, there's lots of questions. And I think it's okay to ask questions in a respectful way. You know, why did she have to go? And, and, and for me in my life, you know, why am I still here and she's gone? I could have been the one. Why am, why am I still here? The, you know, these, these questions, I talked, I talked to a couple pastor friends uh, this week, and, and one of them said to me, you know, there, there's an eternal perspective. There's an eternal perspective, and, and that we don't always understand it. We can't always understand it. And, and uh, it, it made me think of Isaiah 55, where it says, you know, the Lord says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. He said, as the, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts and your thoughts. You see, God has 
God has uh, power over everything. God is sovereign. But do we always understand why things happen the way they do? We don't. And that's okay, too, to not always understand. Another uh, good friend who is also a pastor uh, in Massachusetts, his, his wife died on Saturday. And, you know, I... You know, here I am, I'm trying to talk to him to make sense of, out of what's going on here with us. And he's like in the middle of it, right? I mean, the, the, he hadn't even had the, uh, the evening memorial service. I talked to him, uh, actually I talked to him the next day and he had, we'd gone to the graveside service and they had another memorial service in the evening. And so he'd just been through all this and, and he's now facing very similar to what Dave is facing. But he said to me, he, he said these words to me, he said, I didn't own my wife. He said, she belonged to God, she was on loan. So he had this different perspective, you know, and, and does that mean he's not gonna hurt? I mean, he's devastated. We, I noticed uh, when we got to the room where she was, the room number was 728. And I'm not all into numbers and stuff, right? But but it just struck me, number seven is the number of completion. And 28 reminded me of Romans 8, 28. And now do I understand all that, how this all works together? No, I don't, but I know that this is the reality. This is what is happening. This is what is going on right now. And like Paula shared, uh, she, I hadn't heard her uh, share that story, but you know, it did work. We did pray for her. But God allowed it and God uh, received her. He took her home. The next thing, uh, you know, thinking about this is mourning and grief. And, and, and I think mourning and grief is okay too. That's why I wanted to have this opportunity for people to share together. I, you know, we've been mourning many of us all week long as soon as we heard the news. But to be together and, and mourn and tears are okay. Some guys say, I'm never going to cry. Sometimes I think you just got to. Abraham mourned for his wife Sarah, it says in the scripture. The Bible says to rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep with those who weep or to mourn with those who mourn. Where we enter in and share together. I'm reading in the book of Job right now and, and uh, you know, they talk about jo the patience of Job. Well, if you read the book of Job, he's not very patient. <laughs> And, and there's some kind of misunderstanding of, of how uh, James talks about it. Uh, uh, and, and it's really the perseverance of Job is really what they're talking about, that he persevered through this. But when you read him talking, he's not very patient at all. And, and he's got some friends. He's got these friends, right? Well, they show up and, and for seven days it says they just, they just were there with him and they didn't say anything. And that was probably the best thing that they could have done. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, Job says some things, and all of a sudden they're like, now they're attacking Job. Like, like that's going to help? Anyways, to rejoice with those who rejoice, to weep with those who weep, you know, that's kind of what we're, we're called to do in this life. You don't have to have, you know, uh, this great wisdom to weep with somebody. I thought about Jesus and he wept for Lazarus. You know, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. You know, he wept. He wept for Lazarus. Why? Because he loved him, it said. They said, look at how he loved him. Now, when you think about it, you know, we have the, uh, we have the whole picture, right? We saw what happened. We see that Jesus was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Now, don't you think he knew that? But he still wept. See, we know where Anne is. She's in heaven, but we can still weep. It's, we, we miss her. But Paul said in 1 Thessalonians that we don't grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. When a believer dies, we know that. There's something different. The next thing is this idea of comfort and uh, God is a God of comfort, 
it says in, in uh, 2 Corinthians, and, and uh, Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be what? Comforted. And God is a God of all comfort, and he, he comes to help us. It says, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1, that, that praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. You see, there's, there's purposes in, in even in that, even the things we go through that we receive comfort from God, that we can then comfort somebody else. Why? Because we have received comfort. I, I mean, I can talk to somebody now who's, who's perhaps uh, going through some kind of serious physical thing, which I'd never done before, and I could say, oh yeah, you're going to get through this. Like I knew what I was talking about. I didn't. But but because of what I've been through now and how God has helped me and he's helping me still, I got a long ways to go, but I can now share that with others. See, God is a God of comfort and as he comforts you and me, we can then comfort someone else. As you and I face different kinds of trials, then we can kind of help them through trials if, if there's perhaps a similar kind of trial and we can be there for them. I think that's part of what the picture is emerging and, and even as people were sharing and, and, and talking about how we're working together in this thing. Comfort one another. The next thing, and I'm, I'm going quickly because, because I have a few more things I wanna say about this, that life is, is fleeting. The shock of this thing I mean, it, it, it literally, it, 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 you know, I was driving and I listened to the message. I was on another call. I couldn't take the call. And Dave left a message and I, and I got the message and I, I, I was like, no, this is not what's happening right now. We do not know. We do not know. Psalm 39, David said, show me, O Lord, my life's end. And the number of my days, let me know how fleeting is my life. He said, you have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. That's a pretty long breath for some people, 70, 60, whatever, how many years old you are. But in comparison to eternity, it is just a, a, a breath. It's just like, phew. Sometimes we face these situations and we are reminded about that. We do not know. David was saying, show me how long is my life. I, and and, and what, what is it really all about? Which brings, it, brings us to Psalm 90. So let's, let's, let's look there, actually. Uh, let's look there in Psalm 90 and verse 12. He says there, Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. This psalm's written by Moses, the only psalm that's attributed to him. And... The theme throughout the psalm is, is about time. The time we have on this earth and how God is even involved in it. In verse 3, he says, he says you, he's, Moses is talking to the Lord, he says, you turn men back to dust. Verse 10, he says, the length of our days is 70 years or 80 if we have the strength, yet their span is but trouble and sorrow for they quickly pass and we fly away. The time uh, that we have on this earth, the time that we have in this life, we just do not know. So Moses says here to teach us, he's praying to God to teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Each day important. Each day has a number. It's just not a whole, you know, mass of days. It's, it's each day has a number. Sort of like, you know, talks about the hairs on her head are all numbered. 
you know, I got a problem with that. <laughs> but God knows. God knows how many days we have. God knows the number of our days. Psalm 139 says it. He says, even before we were born, uh, it says there that, that, that the number of our days was, was already in his book. Teach us to number our days. God is already, is, you know, God already knows how many there are, but we don't. But he says, teach us to number our days today. Like this is the day the Lord has made. Each one is important. So there's two facets of numbering our days in my, in my opinion here. Is one is, is that each one is important, but, but secondly is how we're using them. What we're doing in the days that we have. I kind of saw that theme coming out, too, as we were talking. What, what are you using your life for? What are you using your days for? What do your days consist of? What, what is important in your days? There's a couple of, I think there's a couple of clues in the rest of this psalm. Uh, jump down to verse 14. Moses says, satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Now when I read that, my, my first thought is, is having this time with God. And I talk about that a lot because I think it's one of the most important things of the Christian life, having a devotional life, having a time where you and God have this time together. And he says, you know, he says, teach us the number of our days are right. And then he says, satisfy us in the morning with your infinite love. And then he talks about all our days, you see. To number your days are right and, and to do what is important, what things that really matter, are you spending any time at all with God in, in your day? This number one day, the, this day that's numbered, is there any time that God fits into that scheme of of our lives and our plans and what we've thought about. Moses says here, satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love. Notice he says that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. But earlier, what the verse I read in verse 10, he says the span of our days is but trouble and sorrow. That's what life is like. You know the saying, life is hard what? And then you die. That's kind of like the, that's what the world says. Life is hard and then you die. But, and life is hard. I agree with that. You know, I've, you, you, you all know what life is like. And you say, well, nobody faces anything like I do. Well, you know what? No, nobody does. But everybody faces something. But he says here, through this relationship that he had with God, that, that we could sing for joy, even though life is trouble and sorrow. And it's short, it's fleeting, but we would sing for joy and be glad all our days. So God could give us joy and gladness even in the middle of all of what this life has to offer. Make any sense? Teach us to number our days aright. And then the second thing, jump down to verse 16 and 17. He says, make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us. That, sorry, that's verse 15. We don't even want to talk about that verse. Though it's more about gladness there. Verse 16, may your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Doing what God would have for us to do. Is that an, is that a, uh, an important part of our day? Is that part of what our lives are doing, what God would have us to do? And that's not only serving in the church. It's really doing, you know, following God's plan and purpose for our lives. Praying and asking him, first of all, what is it you want me to do? Some of us never pray that prayer. But Ephesians 2.10 says that God is, he's planned these things in advance for us to do. 
We are his workmanship, his poema, his poem, that we might do the things that he's called us to do. Establish the work of our hands for us. First, he says in verse 16, may your deeds be shown to us. So we want to be involved in what he's doing, right? But we want him to establish. And unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. We're trying to do things that God is not wanting us to do, that God is not in. We're going to just spin our wheels. We're going to spend a lot of energy for no purpose at all. But to find his way and do what he wants us to do. Teach us to number our days aright. We can learn from this, right? God can use this tragedy and, and uh, you know, again, to, to, to pray for, for Dave. You know, I, what, what Larry said, you know, that it was Dave and Ann, Dave and Ann. And I, and I, and I immediately thought, you know, in my, in my phone, I have, you know, phone numbers. Well, duh. <laughs> I have phone numbers in there, but, but my mom passed away two years ago, two and a half years ago, and it's still listed as mom and dad, you know? So I have to find it under M when I want to call my dad. That's weird. But that's how we are, right? Teach us to number our days aright. So, wrapping it up, Anne's home. Anne is home. But last Sunday, she was right back there. Right back there seven days ago. Right? She was greeting people. She was meeting needs. She was loving people. She was encouraging people. Like I said earlier, she also worked in the nursery. She loved those little babies in there. She had one grandkid. She would be in the kitchen helping in different times when we had different functions and, and that. But, but even beyond just those specific things, there was these personal connections that she had with people. And so my pastor friend who just lost his wife, he says, how can... How can how can we honor her? Well, we can do some of the things that she did. We, we heard people, someone say that, you know, I want to be like her. How can you honor her? How can you learn from her? By, by opening your life up to, to minister to somebody. You might be able to encourage and serve and love someone that was like her when she first got here. And that's what, what Paula was talking about. So maybe it's an encouragement for, for you for me to step up and to maybe 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 you could be a greeter because you know we got a we got a pretty big gap to fill now maybe god's called you to minister to babies we got a gap to fill now maybe you can help serve in different ways and 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 we have we have gaps to fill when someone is not there anymore there's like a gap there that's missing now Maybe it's just you being willing to stick around a few extra minutes and, and say hi to somebody. Or maybe you're the person that needs healing and, and you need to let yourself be prayed for. Let yourself be healed that you might grow and serve and love and encourage others. Lord, teach us to number our days. All right, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for Anne. We thank you for Dave, that they made that decision to, to come here and be a part of our family. Lord, we miss her. But we're happy for her, too. We are kind of jealous. We still got to be here with these days of trouble and sorrow, but we pray that, that we could know your love, your unfailing love, and, and that gladness and the joy as we sing. Fill, fill us, Lord, as we, as we uh, 
learn and grow, to number our days aright, to, to, to live with a relationship for you and with you and, and to, to serve others and to love others like Ann did. Help us, Lord. Father, I, I would be remiss if I didn't also ask for prayer for any in this room who are not ready for heaven. And maybe that's you. You don't know Jesus as your Savior. You can pray right now with me, with us, and have it settled that your home is in heaven. It's very simple. You simply ask him in, and you say, Lord, Jesus, come into my life, come into my heart, and, and, I, and I ask you to come in and forgive me. I'm lost. I need... I need to know the way, the way home, the way to heaven. So come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior today here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.